Welcome back to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by placing and sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles, and I welcome you back as we continue in our journey through the book of Nehemiah, as we study through his life and look at some of the storms that he went through, and hopefully we can learn from him and we can make application to our lives. Uh, Today we are recording episode 13 of Weathering the Storm. We're in season six. And here we are going to emphasize the work that was done by God. Yes, we understand that Nehemiah is the one that led the work. We understand there were people involved. Going back to Nehemiah chapter 3, how the people came together to rebuild the wall. But ultimately, the work that was done, it was done by God. And therefore, God deserves all the glory. And so in this episode, we're going to think about the work that's done by God and how we are to praise God before, during, and after the storms of life come our way. Before we dive in, I'd like to say a quick word about the Scattered Abroad Network. I failed to mention this in last episode. I try to do that every every episode, but just a reminder that this podcast is on the Scattered Abroad Network, that you can find us at uh, scatterabroad.org. You can e- email us at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. We also have a YouTube channel. And you can go and check out some of the content that we've shared there. But it is a true blessing to be on this network. I appreciate all the the great men that I work with. And uh, thankful that this podcast has found its home with the Scattered Abroad Network. So I wanted to make sure uh, to say a quick word about that as we dive into our study today. If you have your Bibles, if you're somewhere you can open them up, I invite you back to Nehemiah chapter 6. We've spent... Quite a, quite a bit of time here in this chapter. There's a lot to unpack as we think about what is taking place in the narrative. Keep in mind that Nehemiah was focused on rebuilding the wall. We think about Zerubbabel and Ezra and Nehemiah, those three individuals being instrumental uh, when the people of God came back from captivity. And you think about those three waves of 606, uh, 586, or 597 and 586 B.C. being those three ways of captivity, Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon were used as instruments by God to punish his people. You know, he, he told his people through the prophets that if they did not change their ways, if they did not submit to God, that they would be punished. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, Assyria was taken, or Assyria rather took Israel into captivity, 721 B.C. And so here you have the southern kingdom of Judah being taken into captivity. But we understand, as we have the rest of the story, you look to the New Testament, that Jesus came from the tribe of Judah, Hebrews 7.14. This was prophesied in Genesis 49.10. Therefore, the seed line would be preserved. And so God, of course, used Babylon to deliver this punishment, but God also made sure there would be a remnant uh, that that would remain, because again, Jesus would come from the tribe of Judah, he would come from the southern kingdom. As we think about the importance of God's providence seen in preserving the seed line. And so what, what Nehemiah did and the work that he did was extremely important in the scheme of redemption. You know, God's people were called back home for the decree by Cyrus, and here they come back, and, and what are they coming back to? You know, a lot of people stayed put. But those who came back home to Jerusalem needed to have a, a firm foundation and to make sure that they're going to start the right way 
And physically, they would be protected. They would have this wall. Of course, spiritually, they would get back to the book. They would get back to the law of God and stay true to him. So what we find here in Nehemiah chapter 6, verses 15 and 16, is very important. Because the work that these individuals did to rebuild the wall, here we read about its completion. So let's read it as we begin. And then I want us to spend the rest of our time today in this episode thinking about glorifying God before, during, and after the storms of life. So the wall was finished on the 25th day of Elul in 52 days. And it happened when all our enemies heard of it and all the nations around us saw these things that they were very disheartened in their own eyes, for they perceived that this work was done by our God. That's a beautiful phrase and a powerful phrase, that the people knew this was a work of God. God was with them as they were able to rebuild the walls. Notice Nehemiah said it was the enemies. He said the nations all around us, they saw these things. They saw it and they believed it. They perceived that this was a work of God. Think back to Judges uh, chapter 2, and you think about uh, what took place there. You remember Rahab, and you remember uh, what took place with with Joshua and and Caleb, and you have those who were were coming to, to spy out the land, and so it's important that you think about uh, what Rahab was able to do. I said Judges chapter 2. I meant Joshua chapter 2. When you think of what is taking place with the people, Rahab, of course, hides the spies. And as they go up to her, she says something very important. This is Joshua chapter 2, beginning in verse 8. She said this to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. And what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. As soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you, for the Lord your God, He is God in heaven above, and on earth beneath. That's such a powerful statement made by Rahab. And and of course, we can read about her in in other passages, including in the New Testament. And while some have painted her in a very negative light, that, that was a statement of faith, wasn't it? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. She heard it. She heard of what took place. And so she had this faith and belief that God was the one behind it. And that had, it was very instrumental in her taking in those spies and them being protected in her home. So that reminds us, again, Joshua 2 with Nehemiah 6, that just like that was a work done by God, you know, she picked up on that, that the parting of the Red Sea, uh, all these different things, how they were victorious over different kings and nations, it's because God was with them. And the reason why Nehemiah and the others were successful in rebuilding the wall is because God was with them. And they gave him the glory for that, and rightfully so. So you and I, when we go through difficult times, a lot of times, if we're not careful, we can put the success on us. 
You know, I picked myself up by my own bootstraps. You know, I got through this and I got through that. We need to be very careful about doing that because the right mentality says, no, God is the one who was with me. God is the one who blessed me. God is the one who allowed me to get through this trial. And so, again, we praise God before the trial comes. We praise God during those storms. And when the storm clouds go away and when the sun comes out and when everything is back to to quote-unquote normal, we praise God then too. And so that's kind of the point that I wanted to bring out. When when we think about Nehemiah and the rebuilding of the wall, we understand that's a, a main point of the text. Now we're reading the verse for ourselves. 52 days, the wall was rebuilt. They've been successful. But don't miss that phrase. This was the work done by God. Anything that happens that's good is because God was behind it. Every good and perfect gift comes down from heaven, James 1.17. So we can be extremely grateful for the work that God is doing in our lives. And when we, we, we face those storms, we, we have to fight and claw and struggle. Let's remember to thank and praise God for His work. In Acts chapter 15 and verse 4, uh, this is brought out. You know, the wonderful work of God, the work that God was doing there in the church in the first century as there were people going out and spreading His word. There are other passages of the New Testament I want us to think about for just a moment. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning in verse 5. You know, Paul says, you know, who are we but ministers of God? We're, we're servants. And he says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God is the one who gave the increase. I heard Hiram Kemp's take on that. I, I, I appreciate what he said. He said, you can plant and you can water all you want, but God is the one who's going to make it rain. God is the one who's going to truly bring about the increase. And we can rest in that fact. If we will, by faith, go out and do the work God would have us to do, then when there's fruit bearing from that, God was behind it. It's a work of God. You and I, like the parable of the sower, we just take the seed as Christians. We take the seed, which is the word of God, and we sow it. And we trust the process. We trust that God will give the increase. His word will not return into a void. It will accomplish the purpose for which he sent it, Isaiah 55, 11. And so again, we give credit and we give praise to God when we get through storms. Again, this wall that was built in 52 days didn't come without hardship. You know, it didn't come without all kinds of trials. And, and Nehemiah went through so much. But in the end, he and even his enemies understood God was with them, and that's why they were successful. And so we praise God for His work. We praise God for His work when it comes to salvation. Romans chapter 6 and verse 17, But God be thanked that while you were the servants of sin, but you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine delivered unto you, being then set free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. Notice that. God be thanked. This was the work of God. Now, we can think about belief. <laughs> but when the disciples asked Jesus, what shall we do that we can work the works of God? He said, here's the work of God. Believe in him whom he has sent. And then when you, by faith, do what God says to do, you think about the work of God. Uh, Colossians chapter 2, you're, you're buried with Christ in baptism, having faith in the operation or in the work of God. You know, God is, is going to do what he said. You meet my conditions, I will save you. You'll be cleansed from your sins when you contact the blood of my son in a water grave of baptism, Romans 6, 3-6. God is going to, to do what he says he's going to do. 
And so again, we, we trust in the work done by God as we weather the storms of life. We, we praise Him for His work and salvation. We praise Him for the victory that we have. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty seven. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Christ Jesus. So again, we thank Him, we praise Him for doing that. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14, it says we, we triumph, we triumph in Christ. And thanks be to God that we're able to do that. Again, that's 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 2 and verse 14. And then in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15, there's a statement that is made that, that I want us to think about here for just a moment. And that is this idea, this, this perception, this perspective that we are to have when everything is going wrong around us, when we're having difficulty just getting through the day, we're in the middle of that storm. And, and you know as well as I do that when those storms come, it, it seems like it's never going to go away. But when it does, think about what is being said. This is Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15. Paul says, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the peace of God dwell in your heart and be thankful. The point is, as you go through the storms, don't forget that God is with you. And don't forget that He has the power and the ability to see you through. This past Lord's Day, I preached a sermon uh, from the hymn that we sing, It Is Well With My Soul. And in that, thinking about Horatio Spafford, the one who wrote the words to that hymn, when you study the background of his life, it's really amazing what he went through. Here's a man who it was married, his wife Anna, he had five children. And in the great Chicago fire of 1871, he lost all of his assets, all of his savings that he had. He was a very successful businessman. He was an attorney and a great, uh, a very successful investor. Well, when that fire came through, he lost what he had. And about that same time, his four-year-old son died of scarlet fever. Well, then he thought maybe a trip would be helpful for him and his family to kind of get their mind off of everything that's happened, you know, losing all of his wealth, losing his son. So his wife and four daughters got on a ship and set sail for England. Well, during that, uh, during that trip, the ship got into a horrible crash and over 200 people died, including all four of Horatio Spafford's daughters. His wife sent a telegram when she landed. I'm saved alone. What shall I do? Picture what's going through this man's mind as he writes these words. He, he's thinking about the fact that he lost all of his money. He's lost all of his children. And now his wife is scared and alone, and he's all these many miles away from her. As he's en route to go be with his wife, the captain of the ship finds where the wreckage is, and he called Mr. Spafford up to see it and said, here's where the wreck took place. And so here's Spafford looking at the water, this watery tomb where his children are. And then he turns and goes and writes the lyrics to the hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. And when you think about that, I can't help but think about Nehemiah, perhaps thinking of the same words. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrow like sea billows roll, 
Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well with my soul. You know, here's Nehemiah who's going through trials. He's going through the ups and downs. He's, he's weathering the storm of, you know, intimidation and slander and people trying to, to scare him and make him afraid. And then the daunting task of leading the rebuilding of the wall. But now you, you picture this in Nehemiah chapter 6 where the wall has been rebuilt. Yes, it took them all these, this time and, and all the struggle. But could you imagine that moment when Nehemiah steps back to look at the wall and to see it's completed and to praise God that he brought him through the storm? That's really what I wanted us to think about today is the work that's done by God. You know, sometimes we don't understand it. We don't realize why we're going through the trials that we are. But if we can have the right perspective, then we can know that, listen, God is worthy of all praise. And when we can't even see what's going on around us, God already sees the solution. He already sees the horizon, even when we're in the midst of that storm. And we can draw great comfort in that. I'd like to close today as we connect this with Nehemiah 6, the wall being rebuilt, the, the storm passing by and glorifying God, to remember the words of Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Whatever happens around us, whatever storm we may find ourselves in, we trust that God knows what He's doing, that He's in control. In fact, Psalm 46 and verse 10 reminds us that we need to be still and know that God is. Know that God is powerful. Know that God is in control and know that God loves us. Nehemiah could rest in the fact that the work that was done, it was accomplished by God and to his glory. And you and I, when we face difficult times and we're able to come through it on the other side, let's not forget to thank God that he brought us through. God is faithful and he'll be with us. Let's make sure that we're there for him. I thank you so much for the time that you've given me today. I hope and pray that this episode will, will remind us that when we get through those, those storms and we're able to finally take a breath, let's use that breath that God gives us to praise Him and to glorify Him and thank Him for the work that He has done. Coming up, just to give you a little preview of where we're headed, when we come to episode 14 and 15, I've got a two-part study for us. As we think about a revival after the storm, kind of connected to our thoughts here, what happens when the storm ends and you're in that moment of time when there's some peace? What do you do? We're going to look at Nehemiah chapter 7 and 8, and then we're going to discuss the power of prayer and the importance of accountability in episodes 16 and 17. So we have two small series coming up. Really excited about that. Looking forward to recording those. And again, I hope and pray that this this episode today, this this season, this podcast is helping you and it will help you to weather the storms of life. I thank you so much for listening. And as always, may God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.